Uh, Chris is saying, do we want a break? But the thing is, I know that the, the, we've got a panel this morning and they're going to have uh, a lot of really awesome stuff. And so, less, less chit-chat, more panel, right? Um, but anyway, I, um, I'm going to intro. <laughs> so this is me, with my chit-chat. What did you say, Nicholas? <laughs> oh, Johnny. <laughs> Everybody else. I thought it, I thought it was my brother saying something cheeky. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you heard that. I don't know where you heard that. But then, yeah. <laughs> Wait and see what the inheritance is, Nicholas. That sounded quite rough. When it, uh, anyway, that's uh, probably like number the tenth thing I've said this morning that I regret. So I'm sorry about that. Sorry, Dad and Mum. Uh, God, God is not just a God of Sundays. Uh, I think this was coming through quite a lot in the in the worship and everything. God is not just a God at church on Sundays. And um, in the in the creation narrative, uh, right at the beginning, Genesis one, uh, it says that God created the universe and He created each day of the week. And each day was marked with, a, with an act of creation. So in the, in, the, in the narrative it says that on the first day he created light and dark, day and night. And then on day two was the day for creating water and sky. Day three was the day for separating sea and land, lakes and mountains, and for land to produce vegetation, trees and plants. On day four he created the sun, the moon and the stars. Day five, creatures in the sea, birds in the sky. Day six, land-based animals, or as Elena would say, aminals, wild aminals, and livestock. Um, and, then, and then finally, on day six, he created, created man. He created Adam. And when God was finished, he had a rest on day seven. He had a rest. It was his rest day. So every day, right from the start, every day of the week is important. Every day has meaning. Each day is connected. Each day is connected to the one that goes before and... Um, and um, and so on. But sometimes it doesn't always feel like it. Especially on a Monday after Sunday, where we've been at church worshipping God, or we might be you know, at church taking communion, or praying for one another, or uh, ministering to one, one another, and, and seeing the Holy Spirit bless each other. Um, and then you can get to Monday, and it can, and it can feel a bit like a distant dream. Um, can anybody relate to that? I got one person. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully you can relate because this is the this is the topic we're diving into this morning. Um, God is a God of of the everyday. God is the God of everyday, and and so we're thinking about what are the ways that we connect. What are ways that we can connect? What happens at church on a Sunday to what happens at home or at work? Um, and so to dig into this question, I've got a uh, prestigious panel. Um, who will unleash their powerful wisdom upon us all. And so um, I'm going to go a bit old-fashioned, because I was thinking about that this morning for some reason. And I'm going to invite from the front, can I welcome up Mrs. Beatty. Okay, Rose. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Sorry, Tessa, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> And can I welcome up Mr. Beatty, the one who I talked to ahead of time. You can make it into a comfy circle. And uh, next up, I'm going to invite uh, Mrs. Carney. I'm pretty sure there's only one Mrs. Carney. And then finally, Mr. Carney. Yeah, let's, let's see what we get into. <laughs> Reality TV. Okay, take one and pass it along. Can I... Yeah, that's right. So I'm just going to get straight into it. Uh, I invited each of you because um, I know that you have kind of different things going on during the week, um, uh, different things going on in your everyday life. And so I th- um, firstly, I thought it'd be awesome to hear a bit about you, a bit of your background, the kinds of things that you have going on in a typical week, uh, if there is such a thing. Just pretend. 
There's a typical week, um, so I'm looking for volunteers. Who's finished their chocolate? Who wants to go first? You want to go first? Rose. There is a typical week in our house, because we have school and kindy and everything. So um, so I'm Rose, and a lot of you know me already, and those who don't, I'm Nick's wife. Um, 40, um, three boys. Whew. <laughs> yeah, 43 boys. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like that this morning. <laughs> um, and I'm a trained primary teacher. Um, and so at the moment, I, yeah, I took about 10 years um, to look after the kids and do bits of, bits of work, bits and pieces. But now I've taken up two days at the same school that the kids go to, Northland School. And so um, my, week, my week looks like work days and home days. And we Tommy goes to kindy four days a week. And we have the day together on Tuesday. Um, yeah, but I'm able to spend a bit of time with him after school most days. And can he, anyway, um, I think that's all you need to know about me. Yeah. Cool. Should just go along. Yeah. Right. I'm Nick. Um, um, I'm married to Rose. I'm Rose's husband. And um, we have 43 boys. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thanks very much. <laughs> it's like, Oh gosh, and I was thinking this morning, I shouldn't be on this panel this morning because the house was out of, out of carnage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, World War Three, so that was right. But we got here, and um, I'm also a mechanical engineer, so I'm a technical director at um, a, a, an engineering consultancy called Becker, and uh, we design buildings there, so I'm a building service engineer, and um, currently designing a new convention centre for Wellington, actually, so that's quite fun. Um, there's about 400 drawings going out of our office either this week or next week, so big, big issue. Yep. Um, I'm Rachel. Um, uh, I'm 38. That <laughs> 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 seems important. I'm 38, wasn't it? Three kids. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, at home with the kids teaching. Homeschooling. Started this year. Um, uh, you probably know we've got three kids and we do that kind of stuff. Um, but other things about me that you might not know is I'm one of nine kids, middle of, um, <clears throat> six brothers. And also, I watch a lot of Korean soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> um, a typical week is that we <laughs> I watch Korean. It's a country club, according to Caleb, my country club. No, um, <clears throat> we homeschool in the morning, and then we do kid stuff in the afternoon. It's yeah, pretty much a typical weekday week, and sometimes have a Saturday off. <laughs> Excellent. Um, also, Rachel's been a youth pastor in a previous life. She's been a chef in a previous life and an opera singer in a previous life. So. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Um, anyway, my name's Caleb. I have the great privilege of being married to Rachel. I have a question though: Is this competitive? Are we? Are we? Like, do we get points here? Because I would question your impartiality as a family member of those guys. No. Okay. To, yeah. Um, my name's Caleb. I'm married to Rachel. We have three kids: a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost two-year-old. We live in Paikakariki. We started homeschooling this year. I'm a newspaper designer, I work for Stuff, so I work on every print product that Stuff publishes, so um, a lot of deadline work, a lot of weird hours. Um, yes, yeah, so don't come at me with the content, I'm not a writer, I'm not a, not a, you know, don't write the story, so, you know, fake news, um, you can tell, I'll pass your concerns on to my bosses. Um, I work at home on a Monday and a Tuesday, and then I come in uh, on the train to Willow Street on a Thursday, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so yeah, so half at home, half at work. Um, yeah, what else? Yeah, it's kind of a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so you kind of get the feeling that there's the quite diverse um, things going on during the week, different um, sort of work schedules or home schedules and um, 43 kids and three kids and, and so on. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested, in, uh, and we're all very interested in hearing about um, different ways that your faith in God plays out in your in your day to day in your day to day lives. Um, and so I was wondering, do you ever do you ever consciously do things to remind yourself of God being with you? And and if you do, what kind of what kinds of things that you do? What kind of things have been useful? Um, is that sparking any anything for anybody? Who wants to who wants to talk to, to talk to that? Okay. <laughs> uh, 
So I'm not really known as a morning person, so it was sometimes I quite, quite like the solitude, and um, so I get to work on a Monday, and I'm reasonably pretty uh, grumpy, and I don't like meetings on Monday mornings either, so um, I think my colleagues sort of understand, well they're getting to understand that, <laughs> but that's kind of not really what um, I guess uh, God, I suppose, wants me to be. Um, to start at the beginning, I thought... Some, some things that I like to remind myself is actually why, why I am a Christian or why I believe in God. And it's kind of like good to start. So what's the why? Um, it's, so my why is because um, he gives me hope. Um, he gives me peace. And so one thing that I do try and do every morning is just be thankful to him for what he has given me. And um, that kind of starts me off and just reflecting on my 43, three boys um, and beautiful wife and you know the family and just being really thankful and praying, praying for them and being thankful for that space. And that kind of starts me off in a better space than I'd otherwise be. I'm still trying to get over the grump, but um, yeah, that's one thing I do. You're not that grumpy. He actually, I think I might get oranges thrown at me, but he actually makes breakfast for the boys, and he makes their lunches, and 43, and um, so you get up and you serve, so that blesses the family, so um, it's awesome, it's a great start today. You also pray for the kids as they're leaving, um, pray for their day, pray for me, we pray for each other, um, and... Yeah, try and speak some words into them that are positive for the day as well. Eh? Um, I on my days at home when I'm on my own, I've really learnt to savour this time. So I thought I was an extrovert, but then when I had kids, um, there were lots of times when I was stuck at home when they were in bed, and I didn't like it. <laughs> and so that lasted a few years, and I realised um, that I was going to have to work out being at home on my own and enjoying it. And so I've got to that space now, and so I really love my time at home. And um, I remember going through a wee stage where I was feeling like there was a space or change, and I needed some um, advice. And going to Marilyn, she may remember, um, she prayed with me, and we talked about um, protecting that space. And so I try and use the middle of the day to sit down and um, I try... <laughs> To remember to yeah uh, get out the Bible, get out word for the day, something um, because the morning is is like get up and go as soon as I'm up. So that and also bush walks is another time that I'll pray to God, um, but just staying really open, so not necessarily having a real routine about it and always doing the same thing. Um, but something that helped me recently was um, the home group that I'm in. We looked at the Alpha course for the prayer course. If anyone knows about that one, they've done the Alpha course and now they've done this prayer course. And Pete Gregg, the guy that's running it, um, I'm completely losing my train of thought. But he, there was a little, a little, that's it. There was a little part of that that um, talks about how we see God and how God sees us. And if we can imagine that we are getting on God's, like the Father, we're getting on his lap. And I try and imagine that at that time of day so I just come and, and speak to yeah to the Lord and just um just enjoying being in a space and leaving space for that yeah so that was, was one thing that um I got out of that same prayer course is about that whole thing about um ador the adoration part of like our Lord's prayer so our father and our, our, who art in heaven hallowed be your name that whole worship bit and that was kind of that you know being thankful to God and starting a day off with an adoration to God uh, it's quite a cool way to start. Sorry. I think I'm 37. <laughs> I think I'm 38 this year. It's on the anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Close enough. It's, it's only a few weeks. Um, <clears throat> just occurred to me. That's how you know you're getting a bit older when you actually don't genuinely remember your age. But um, uh, so I grew up a Christian. I'm loved Jesus since I can ever remember um, so like having spending time with him has always been relatively easy um, and but the thing that happened obviously when you have kids is that you don't have time or you think you don't have time but you know you don't certainly don't have an hour where you can just shut yourself away that's um, not going to happen easily more than once a year um, so uh, I thought I didn't have time for the last couple of years and also I had um, stopped believing that God was kind for various reasons so I had a somewhat complicated 
um, relationship with him where I wasn't wanting to spend time and also I didn't have time to. Um, so I would often get to the end of most nights um, thinking, I didn't read my Bible today, I didn't do anything today, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And that was probably like about three years later. Um, I was like, I'm still not doing it. So um, this year I had a, a, like a, a tough time to go through and I suddenly found so much time in my day. Mostly involved just disappearing on the kids at any time of day. So not a set time because you never know what a day is going to go like. Um, but I would just kind of fade away and put on some worship music in my room and just pray and then just, you know, if I was interrupted, I was interrupted. And if I wasn't, I might get 20 minutes. And um, went through that time and it kind of resolved itself. But it was like, you know, like, you know, you really find when you're really desperate for God, you do have time um, in your day. So I've tried to sort of maintain that um, as best I can. And I've also found that you can... Um, <clears throat> so I've sort of grown up really worshipping and praying loudly and everything and getting really, you know, stuck in. Um, as you know, as, as part of my upbringing, but um, it's hard to do that when everyone's really close about you, and you, you know, you don't want to be like really like crying on the ground praying, and then a kid's like, "Excuse me, Mum, I've got a dirty nappy," you know, whatever. <laughs> it kind of, you know. So I've actually learned in the, over the last month that you can pray quite passionately while you're trying to remove something out of a kid's reach. Like the other day, I was laughing at myself because I had some worship music on, and I was feeling really bad about something that day. So I was talking to God, and He was talking to me, and I was like getting a bit teary because it was, you know, loving God tells you some truth. It's like really great, and I was literally like, oh, you know, praying, singing this song, and lifting something out of Remy's reach, and he was trying to grab. And like you can actually do that, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so that is now what I try and do each day is just like actually just do it anytime, um, and actually you know you know like I'm really really crying out to God for something, or I'm really like crying about something, or I'm really like trying to worship Him. And I found you can actually do it without making too much noise, and no one really knows what's going on. And I'm actually like, this is good because I didn't want to be like, you know, just um, kind of like this is routine that you just get through. Um, I don't know, you know, like I'm sure all of you have, you know, emotions that you want to talk to God about, and things you want to feel, you want to feel while you're talking to him, and you want to be listening, and you want to be, um, you know, get so, you know, be a bit passionate about something that you're worried about, or anything like this, but it's hard, it, it can be hard, um, but I'm like, you can actually have this inner life, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, when you're busy, and especially as a mum with little kids, um, or, you know, everyone's busy with different things, you can actually still have a real and passionate um, time with God, um, almost like everything on just goes on around you, and that's just really cool, and I don't think I kind of clicked to that, I was kind of like, you have to have this set hour, you have to be able to really involve yourself to, to be really, you know, have a connected time with God, but yeah, sorry, that's a bit long, but. No, that's, um, that's really good, I think both of us in different ways have kind of realised that this year as well, is that kind of, I don't have time, is, um, or is, there's either two things going on, you either don't have time, so you just need to change that and make time, or you're actually just kidding yourself, and you're actually just unmotivated. And so for us, we've found two different ways to approach that. Um, and that's another thing, just on what you just said, Rachel, was something that I picked up in um, at Andrea's Parenting for Faith thing, where she was talking about, you know, we get obsessed with this idea that I need an hour of quiet or 20 minutes of quiet. I need it to be a quiet time. I need it to be private and shut off. But when you're raising kids, it's actually, you know, it's better that they see that. Like, they, they want to see what we're doing, how we're doing that. Like, they want to know what, how to pray, how, what that sounds like to pray, what it sounds like to, um, to talk to God, to have a quiet time. And if we're always doing that behind a closed door and obsessed with, like, isolation and shutting ourselves off, and maybe it's just a seasonal thing for young families and stuff like that, but it's actually really good for the kids to see, you know, Rachel, like, living her life and also having a connection with God at the same time, you know, it's amazing. Um, for, so, so I, I guess um, I, I, we've been talking about it quite a lot over the year and it's kind of like you get into this cliche where you're like, I'm too busy, I'm too busy or I can't find the time, I can't find the time and I'm, I'm always kind of impatient with that because I feel like it's just a really boring cliche where it's kind of like, that's not an interesting excuse, it's very unoriginal. And there are things you can do to avoid that. Like, it's like, you know, it's like saying, oh, I can't because my hair is too long. Well, get a haircut. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's a very changeable, th it's a, something you can adjust to make it not a problem anymore by either being honest with yourself and saying, well, it's actually because I'm doing it wrong, I'm unmotivated, it's not fun, I don't feel connected, I feel guilty about it, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe you are actually busy and you just need to do less 
to prioritise what is actually important to you. Um, so Rachel's found that this year where she's been able to make the time, and that it was not a crisis, but it was a, it was a difficult time where she was like, right, actually, no, I do need to muscle up and do that. Um, and I did a similar thing. Um, I really love to run, and I only really started this this year, and I, I've learned a lot. I've talked about it a lot this year too, so I apologise if this is really boring. But I started running at New Year, um, and I had a real, like, exercise is quite tedious and boring if you're not motivated, and nobody really likes to do it. But I had this moment where I was like, okay, I really want to do this not for now, not for next week, not for summer, not for an event, but I really want to be doing this for myself in 20 years and 30 years and 40 years. So I'm kind of like, okay, I want to actually do exercise now for future me. And that concept has made running for me a whole lot easier. I, I've been doing it a lot and I've been loving it a lot. And I've sustained it much longer than I ever, ever, ever have. And because it's fun and because I always want to go back to it because I do not make it into a, a chore. And that concept of um, sustainable anything, I think is really important. Like I think sometimes we can get caught up on um, you know, you need to be having this kind of time with God or this kind of time with God. It needs to be getting, like, you need to be, um, you know, personally benefiting from it quite quickly. It's like, well, you know what? Just do a little bit, often. You know, just do five minutes. If you've only got five, just do ten minutes. Just make sure you do it every day or every other day or whatever. And, and, and that's really changed quite a lot for me. And and so, like, in terms of making time, making time for running, I always make time for running now because I just can. And so I can't have the excuse of not having time because now I've made the time and I am motivated. And it's a similar thing when you're um, trying to find time with God, which I actually do when I'm running. So, it's, you know, it's, it's really great. It's two things at, at the same time. Um, is that there's, once you realise that it's not a lack of time or it's not a lack of um, structural whatever, it's you, you realise actually it's, I'm not motivated because it's not interesting because I feel overwhelmed by how much I have to do or how, but just little and often, little and often, little and often, little and often, it's an amazing thing when you look at your whole life, your whole life as one goal, I guess, rather than just a season or trying to get to a certain point in a certain amount of time. Anyway, too much talking. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really choice actually. The because um, the the word I've been thinking about quite a lot is uh, integration and how um, like we well, I have a tendency to sort of compartmentalise things. So you know, like I'll have my my church time or my quiet time or you know whatever it is, and those are the kind of the that's the that's my spiritual component sorted. And then uh, and then the rest of you know rest of life is sort of like either I don't know non spiritual or non connected with God and so having ways of integrating which sounds like the kind of things that you've been talking about um, and so my next question kind of leads on from that and um, and the question is um, do you have stories um, or testimonies where it's been clear to you that God is present you know in in different situations and to get you thinking I'm going to tell my own story because uh, I quite like it and. Um, at, at, um, at a former job, um, I worked at a, in medical research and I uh, worked in a, in a small laboratory. I was working with cancer cells. And, uh, and so, you know, being at, I think I, I, had, I had been worship leading on a Sunday morning and, uh, you know, I'd been going, going off like today, have a great time. And then the next morning, about the same time, I find myself sitting in a laboratory working with, the, working with these cancer cells and thinking, oh, I could just, it, they just seem like poles apart. Worshiping God, passionate, and then I'm like in this in this environment where it's um yeah quite a lot of it's quite boring, and uh, and then uh, a guy he just recently started working in our in our research group and he was working alongside me and um and so we were talking and um, said oh you know how was your weekend that kind of thing and um you know when you're when you when you're a Christian and you go to go to church and somebody asks you about your about your weekend you've kind of uh, if you're like me you kind of got to, you got a choice. Am I going to talk about the church bit, or am I not going to talk about the church bit? And to be honest, a lot of the times I don't talk about the church bit. Now I don't get an excuse because I'm a you know pastor. But anyway, uh, and so you know, what did you do on the weekend? I said, oh yeah, I was at I was at church yesterday, and um, that was cool. And, and he said, oh yeah, I was at church as well. And um, and so we got talking. And I said, oh, um, so what, what church are you at? And, and he was at a church up the street and um, up the road. And I said, oh, we got talking and. 
and uh, and it turned out that um, you know that morning that Sunday I'd been worship leading and then uh, oh, I said oh, I, you know I play guitar at church and he goes yeah I play guitar at church too and I go oh yeah and I said oh, I was worship leading and worship leading he's yeah I was worship leading too <laughs> and it just got <laughs> we're trying to I'm trying to outdo each other eh? I'm more Christian than you I sp- he goes I spoke in tongues I go oh, I don't know how to do that but <laughs> no jokes. Um, and it just sort of really, really struck me that you sort of even in even in an environment like that, which seems so far removed from church, like God, uh, God, God was at work, and um, and yeah, I could go on with that story, but it was just really just kind of like get you thinking. And and um, do you guys have stories? It doesn't have to be the same as that, but of uh, sort of ways that you have felt God, you know, being present and and doing stuff in your situations. Yeah, I see some nods. Who wants to go first? Mister C. Um, right, so um, working in media, you, it's quite an interesting environment to be in. So, envir- like, the environment is very different to what you might find yourself in on a Sunday. And so, I, th- I think I'm actually. Oh no, there's another. There's two Christians in the Wellington newsroom, but as a whole, the whole industry is very, very um, on kind of at the other end of the spectrum from where we might expect to be in this room. And I l- really love that. I really, really, really love it. One of the main um, kind of words that I have for my whole career in media is, the, is, is kind of the example of Esther. And she was Esther, and she was in this world, and then she went into this world. She was of this world, she went into this world, and she was there, she was herself, she was there for such a time as when God needed her. So for me, going to work every day, I feel like I'm here for such a time as today. What's, you know, and I try and remind myself of that every single day when I go to work, and that, that's for anybody in a workplace anywhere. I am in this place for a reason, being me, and today maybe that's all I have to do is just be myself in that space and be a Christian in that space. And I was at an event with, um, and I was talking to um, John Cameron actually, and we were talking about it and he was like, oh, you know, um," and and some other people kind of bagging the media as people always do. But I was like, well, you can't blame people if there's nobody in there who thinks differently to them. Like, you can't blame, uh, you know, a group of... um, blue goldfish for have not been concerned with the viewpoints of a red goldfish if there's no red goldfish in the blue goldfish pond and so like I feel so privileged and proud to be in, in that space and be of a different color um, and so like you know what did you do on the weekend oh, I went to church it's like you, you know whatever you know I I really love saying that because you get really interesting conversations out of it and it's like I'm a red goldfish, you know, just so you know, I'm here, you know, you may think I'm cool, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, there's like, a, there's like a coming out of the closet that you do regularly, because people kind of get used to you just being a normal person, and then every now and then you get a great opportunity to go, not as normal as you think I am, Bible basher among you. And it's re- I really enjoy it, and there's some really interesting um, things that happen. And I, I know um, I don't know if anybody knows Frank Ritchie, um, but Frank wears a, uh, he's a he's a minister. He wears a collar, and he does it really deliberately um, because he loves to be visually identified as a minister because of what comes out of it. And it's like people suddenly feel a sense of permission to talk to you about stuff and, and and things like that. So there's been these really interesting conversations that you have at work where you talk about. You know, it might start with, what did you do on the weekend? You go, well, I went to church, or, um, you know, last week, Remy was sick, so I didn't go to church. Anyway, blah, 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 you bring church into it. A lot of times it goes nowhere. A lot of times people go, oh, um, you know, um, you know, it leads into something. And I remember this one week, um, four things happened, and it all started from the what did you do on the weekend conversation. Three people on three different days were crying in the lunchroom telling me about these horrific, um, emotional, deeply felt things going on in their lives. At work, like crying at work is a huge deal. Uh, People don't cry at work unless it's like quite a big deal. And that was amazing. I couldn't believe it all happened in the same week. And then um, someone else just walked past me real quick, real quick. And she's a journalist and she was walking past me and she's a good friend. And she walked past and then she doubled back and she was like, Oh, I'm just I'm actually working on this um, abortion piece, and it's just occurred to me that you actually might have a whole different take on this. And that is exactly why I love being there, is 
that potentially I'm the only person in that whole room that might have a different take on something really, really big. And I've got a couple of really well-practiced lines when I'm talking about things like abortion or real kind of like catalyzing issues. And I love to start with, oh, actually, I have a huge problem with abortion. You know, because it's a really non-confrontational um, or aggressive way to actually say, I am on a different page, but I'm not coming at you, <laughs> you know? So I find it really, um, really, really helpful to have some go-to lines for things like that. So that, those four things all happened in the same week. And they all happened from the, what did you do on the weekend conversation? Um, and they all really, really made me feel just proud to be there. And some days nothing happens. Some days you're just there being a red goldfish that, you know, you know, but um, yeah. Mine's completely different, so if you want to go along the same lines, anybody? No, okay. Um, yeah, mine's completely different. What's well, the first thing that popped into my head, so I'll share it. Um, to do with, uh, like, God in church on Sundays and God during the week, um, you know, like, I guess you can think, or I can think, or we can think, um, that God will speak or God will do something, or we've got... Um, something we need to hear from him, so we'll wait till church on Sunday to hear it or to see it or um, to have someone, you know, to speak to someone about it, all these kinds of things. Um, yeah, like to, to have God speak to us, basically, I guess. Um, when I was growing up, I was abused, um, and at one point in my life, like quite a few years later, I was like, God was really dealing with it, and it was before I got married, and I'm like, I want to write this letter um, and have it done so that I can, you know, move on and be married, and it's 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 done. So it was like a real big year for me, real big week. I, I think I cried all week at work and everything like this. Wrote this letter. Um, now a dairy is not like a real, you know, church dairy. It's like your lowest key, just you know, whatever place maybe. Um, but what happened is I went to um, just you know, just sort of sort of show that God is with us and 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 speaking to us and. Um, caring for us at every, you know, little place we go during the week. I, um, I wrote this letter, it was a huge deal, a hard time, got the letter, had to get a stamp to post it, even just posting it was a big deal, so I was really like, what, you know, it was hard, I'm trying, not going to cry, um, it was, yeah, yeah. It was years, ago, years ago, um, anyway, I went to the dairy that was closest to me, um, and it was Christmas time, because I think we were getting married in March, so I was, you know, getting it done beforehand. Um, so all the stamps were Christmas stamps, right? Which were all very beautiful. Um, but I went to the dairy, the usual dairy, usual dairy guy. You know how you going? He was a funny guy. Um, and he was like, "All right, stamps. Yep, still had a books of stamps at that stage. More common." Anyway, I was flicking through all this Christmas stamps, and he was going through pages and seemed like pages and pages of forty cent stamps as they were, or whatever, forty five cents. And I was like, what is he looking for? What is he looking for? You know, like there's all these stamps in front of me. He just kept going to the last page. There's a stamp book. And there was just one single stamp by itself tucked into the fold of the book, you know, like when it's not attached to the page anymore. And he just picked that one out and gave it to me. And I was like, okay, cool, finally. Went out to stick it on and post it in the thing. And it was um, a leftover one. <laughs> from the Narnia series they did before that. And it was just a picture of Lucy as a little girl opening up the um, closet door and the light from the, the white light from the snow was shining out into this. And one of the pictures God had shown me when I was starting to deal with all this is that when you open the door to what you think is this huge mess of darkness, it's actually all dealt with and it's full of light. And so it was just like, uh, you know, it's like, no, don't cry under the post office little box. But it was just like God, you know, couldn't have... You know, and it was just like a smallest moment in the most mundane place, and there's no one else there to sort of see it. You know, so it wasn't like you know I'm going to tell everyone this thing. I'm just telling you this one little thing. The dairy owner was, you know, a complete non-Christian. Um, no, you know, like why he chose that stamp? Maybe he was just using it up, but he like you know, spent a lot of time looking for it. You'd think just taking his stamp, but it's just to show God. You know, he can speak so strongly anywhere in any place. So um, I just want to share that with you guys. Mm. No, that's real cool. Um, the, uh, so I, sp I suppose for me, um, it's um, kind of, I think, just tying a little bit of stuff in, as um, there's a, a, 
uh, the, the speech that we, we talked with her before is about how sometimes we segregate our lives into you know bits and pieces, and it's quite a Western way of thinking. But in the old days, they used to think about it as a milkshake. So you, you the milkshake, you know, sometimes you have a life of a Christian life, and you can have a work life, and you can have a sports life, and a music life, and all these sorts of things, and they stay separate. But um, I love what what Caleb's talk, talked about. It's about sort of Esther, sort of like you're there for a time as this. It's your all your life mixed into one big milkshake, and it's all you. So I find often in my business and at work, it's actually one one thing is that I'm I think it's a I always think for, for, for to God because I don't feel like I have the abilities. It's, I'm always thinking was like far out God. How did you get me into this place? How do I end up? I, they must have made a mistake. They must have sent it to the wrong Nick Beatty to ask me to be a technical director all that sort of stuff. It's like well, far out. Um, but how much of the stuff I get taught on a Sunday or learn on a Sunday is applicable to what I do in my work? I mean, far out. Like we talk about. Um, we talk about a whole lot of stuff. We talk about visions. We talk about values. We talk about all of these things. And when I, um, it was really quite interesting going to work for a church for a year, um, and how diverse a bunch of people we are. Because when you go back to engineering, like we're just a, quite a small personality type, <laughs> and we can talk to each other and go X equals Y squared. We're math squad, yeah. X equals Y squared. But if you say that to someone who's um, kind of an extrovert artist, they go, what? X equals Y squared? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like it's, yeah, but it's, totally, you know, it's a totally different way of thinking. But it's really interesting because you bring, just bringing that, you know, and the values or the vision and the hope and the stuff that we bring, that we have, and bringing it in and... Um, how cool it is to start the day off and go, God, give me some sparkle. I sort of pray for sparkle sometimes. Remind me that you are real and remind me that you are here today. And pray for Rose, you know, remind Rose that she's got, that you're there today and there's some sparkles. Like there's a stamp in the stamp book for her or, you know, that, that whole sort of thing. And he pops out. Like there was, yeah, and it's not necessarily, it's sometimes, what was the one? So the, the segments and the, 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 so that um, the message that about the um, segmentation and the milkshake that's from church, and then the guy was asking me about, well, how do how do we how should we look at sustainability in the workplace? And it's like, well, it's kind of like a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can apply the same thinking, right? It's like how do we care about the environment and the other stuff? Well, it's like not a, you don't think about it in work and at home and stuff. It's kind of like you build it into stuff. And yeah, you think, yeah, and, and, and it's so applicable. And then when you've got, if they know that you're a Christian, they kind of know that that message is coming from somewhere else and there's other threads to it. Yeah, so actually just being, being in the workplace and having sparkles is kind of so cool. Spark, sparkly, Nicholas. Jess hands in the engineering office. Capital. <laughs> Who gave me the mic? <laughs> um, okay, there's a couple. When, um, there's a couple of times, and one sounds very tragic, um, but God will often bring out really beautiful things from charity as well. So, the, in this story, um, and they're all three work my stories actually. In this one, we were in London, and we were there, um, no children, married couple, mid twenties, I think, and we were there, and Nick had a job already sorted. Um, at an engineering office through a colleague here who is an expat and I was kind of like relief teaching and stuff and floating about it was pretty harrowing um, <laughs> there was one school out in Felton where I was relief teaching and kids were throwing chairs and stuff and and I remember being out in the playground and one of the teachers saying well just over that fence is the young offenders unit so heaps of the kids will from the school will end up <laughs> going over there, I was like, oh, it was um, pretty intense, and I was thinking, okay, God, well, if you want us here, um, something's got to, you know, something's got to give, I don't know, because there's a lot of train time getting to different schools every day, and then um, randomly, well, God, through God's wisdom, we, um, Nick went to a, um, what's it called? touch rugby tournament and there were lots of other Kiwis there at Hyde Park and there was um, a couple there that, that we'd met who were Kiwis and one of them um, was teaching at a, a lovely school in the middle of the city and she at a private school and she and I met and I said oh I'd love to get a job at a great school and then we could stay longer and 
and she said, oh, and the music teacher, she was showing me photos and everything. And then, by, and then I had a couple of, a few weeks went by, it was the summer holidays, and I had a couple of interviews, and I, I was almost set up to teach a couple of days at this school that I was quite scared of, um, and it was a big train ride away. And then I get a phone call from the principal of the school that this Kiwi girl had been teaching at, and she said, um, oh, look, Rose, um, this woman has had to go home. Her mother has had a brain hemorrhage and... Heathrow, and so she's had to, all of her family have had to go home um, very suddenly, and school starts tomorrow, would you like a job? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, so I'd been teaching um, intermediate here at Tawa Intermediate, and these were four-year-olds, and this was a nursery physician in a private school, but what it meant was that's God's providence, it was incredible, um, it meant that we could stay four years, and we ended up getting sponsored under... Um, under my visa as a teacher and Nick got to stay on and we got to go to South West Vineyard um, and be with the Mumfords and, and that's where Nick was working at the church. So that was that was a pretty big one for us. And the other one is back here and again it's through the school um, I yeah, where I've been working part time. Um, I was just given a regular job of um, being at the zebra crossing in the morning and I was thinking like it's it's kind of it's cool, you know. You just got to do it. It's cold, and you just got to suck it up and do it. So I was just standing there. One, it was only over a couple of weeks, and I was standing there thinking, "Oh, I just had this revelation. Hang on a minute. I'm a Christian. I'm standing on a hill. It's Ahumairangi Hill in Northland. There, you get an amazing view. I can pray. I can pray for the school. I can pray for the principal. I can pray for the whole of the Northland community. I can pray for Wellington. Each kid that walks past, I can be praying for that kid. And Oh my goodness, what a change. It was so amazing. And it was just, I just, and I have a feeling our principal could be a Christian and I was wondering if he might be doing the same thing. You know, he goes out every morning to the zebra crossing. He's in the community. And then from that, I don't know if it's from that, but then a couple of weeks later here at church, in walks Lauren and she's a teacher at our school, Christian, um, heard about the church through the internet, found us, didn't know that I go here, and now we're mates at, at work. That's a big deal. She comes to our home group and she's also helping with the choir. And I think God's showing me that, you know, it's the long game here. It's not always the quick, you know, give me friends, show me what to do. It's the long game. So yeah, I'm in for the long game and God's really proving that, yep, he's there. Thank you. So cool. Man, it's cool hearing these stories I've never heard before. <clears throat> Like one of the one of the verses that's kind of popping to mind is the one that talks about being a being a fragrance of Christ, eh? And and actually, what you're just saying, Rose, reminds me of something that I do occasionally when I, when I think about it when I'm up at working up in um, my other, my other job up at Victoria University, um, basically doing the same thing as what I do on a Sunday morning, um, but instead of saying it out loud, I'll do it in my mind and go invite the, inviting the Holy Spirit and the presence of God into into the place and asking God to um, bless my workmates and you know that they'll get good work done and bless their relationships and all those kinds of things and I think that's part of uh, being a um, being the fragrance of Christ. Um, I'm gonna. Um, does anybody have any final things? Just before, I'm gonna wrap up in a second. But if you've got anything that you came along really wanting to like um, to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, everyone knows I like to talk, not really. Um, I felt really strongly that, um, that 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 during the week, like life, I don't know. I've yeah. So where do I start? Um, so I think when you grow up with with God and stuff like that, and you grow up and you're young and you sort of think, oh, everything's going to be a box of fluffy ducks. It's sort of like, you know, that movie of Edward Scissorhands and there's perfect streets and you think everyone's going to get a nice house and it's all going to work out and everything's going to be fine. But then you start to realise that actually even with God, there's tough stuff, right? It's real tough. It's extremely tough. And there's just stuff. But there's good stuff and there's bad stuff and there's stink stuff. And how... How much of it, as you grow older and grow with God, how he gives you the, um, just by having the anchor in the storm, how that sort of gives you somewhere to come back to, I think, the, a point of zero. And that's what I find Sunday is for me is my point of zero. It's like all the stuff's going on and I can come back and go, zero, right, I'm back here again. I'm on the ground. I'm grounded, right. Then the week goes. And it's kind of like coming back to zero and... Have 
he trains us and he teaches us to um, understand the storms and how to actually sort of sail and there's that kind of whole wisdom. I remember playing, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent, I remember playing hockey as a kid and playing these older guys that used to play hockey and I couldn't ever work out how I used to run the most, I was running around flat out and they would just like take three steps because they've been playing the go for so long. They knew how to play the game so efficiently and easily and that's what God gives us. As we grow older we get wisdom and we know how to play the game, play, but look, learn to live, live life his way and um, where was I going? So used to um, the anchor, he's our anchor and the old boys brigade song, I have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while billows roll, fastened to the rock that cannot move and that's what we have in our hope and every day you know, he's, an, he's our anchor and the other one was the psalm that I had just here it's the old classic the Lord is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley every day, I'll fear no evil every day, for you are with me every day. You'll rod in your staff, they comfort me, even though I've got 400 pages of deliverable to get out next week for the convention centre and everyone's looking at me and they want to be quality and perfect. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, even though I work with a bunch of reporters who are going to report me because I go to church. You anoint my head with oil, my club overflows, even though I've got three kids that are fighting with each other and they want to hit me and they say no when I ask them to do the dishes. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have hope that I will dwell in God's house forever. That's my hope. That's okay. You got one too. Yeah. It's not as good as that. I should have gone before that because that was really good. Um, one just last thought that I had is my dad's a pastor and he always said, um, your family, your family, that's your first church. That's your first church. Um, and I think sometimes uh, me particularly, um, being a bit of a, a Pollyanna kind of person, I put a lot of weight on um, uh, and how, how um, I make people around me feel. And sometimes you can forget the people closest to you and you can actually be the unkindest to the people closest to you. And so I, I, my encouragement to leave you with today would be just don't never ever forget that your family, that your loved ones, that your wife, that your children, that your husband, that your mum and your dad and your aunties and uncles and your cousins, your family is your first church, your first church, and nothing else really... Um, beyond that has as much significance as those relationships and like Rose was saying about the long game and like we were talking about earlier about you know mixing everything in sustainability integration all these terrible buzzwords they really really make a whole life and a whole family's life and a whole team um, team's life and so that would be just my last thought um, just, oh, I was thinking when Nick was talking, um, I think I think, and maybe we all sometimes think that church wisdom and what God says applies to our spiritual life and our church life, um, instead of realising that he actually created the world and created everything. So the, 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 the wisdom that he has in the words that he speaks, um, you know, you can be a bit like, well, that's cheesy, it doesn't apply or something like this. But in actual fact, he has the most sense and the most intelligence and the most understanding of family and workplace and science and everything. Um, and so you can, it's, yeah, he's, his, the things that he speaks are more useful than we think maybe in our everyday life is the only thing that maybe I'm starting to realise. And yeah. Good final words. Um, I'm just going to finish with a couple of scriptures because uh, we are a church. We do believe in the Bible um, <clears throat> as well. But the, the, the first thing that I wanted to, um, to finish on was that um, the journey, our journey of faith, of following Jesus, it's about all of our lives. And that's what we've been really talking about this morning. Not only the bits that are really explicitly about God, like praying or reading the Bible or gathering, even gathering with other believers, but it's, but it's, the, whole, it's the whole thing. And um, like Romans... The end of Romans and the beginning of uh, sorry, the end of Romans eleven and, and beginning of Romans twelve really talk about this. Um, so I'll just read it. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out! Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory, therefore, oh, to Him be the glory forever. Amen.
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So it's about it's all of our lives. And, and the second thing is that God is always with us. His spirit is always with us. I mean, like Susan had that um, word um, during the, the scripture that she read out during the worship, and it, and it just it was saying the same thing. And Romans 8, 9, 9 to 17, it says, you, you, sons of, you sons and daughters of God, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. And if indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And we sang that this morning. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit of the Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. That's Romans 8, 9-17. Journey of faith all our lives. Two, God is always with us. Even when we don't feel it. Lord, thank you so much for your, for your presence here this morning. Lord, I feel like um, through, the, through the testimonies that um, the panel has shared, uh, and, and through the through the worship, and even through the reading of scriptures, and everything that's going on, that you that you uh, you're, you're talking to us, that you're lifting up our lifting up our spirits, and that um, <clears throat> it's almost almost Lord that you're, you're like you're equipping us to be, uh, in the words of Dad, workplace prophets or um, or home place prophets or wherever we're at, school place prophets to be to be your children wherever we're at, and knowing your presence. And Father, I, I pray for, for everybody that's here this morning, Lord, that as we, as we leave CV and as we uh, go home uh, and as we head into, head into um, all the different kind of activities that we find ourselves in, that you'd remind us of your presence. Lord, you'd give us <laughs> like, like stamps that you gave uh, Rachel or, um, or, or different things to remind us of that you're with us and, and how, we can, how, how we can respond to the things that you are, you're doing that would see what you're doing and be able to partner with that. Oh, you're so good, Jesus. So good. I'm so glad you're not just a God at church on Sundays. That would be stink. But I got it every day. It's so exciting. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give these guys a massive round. <laughs> Legends. Uh, Susan's got, obviously got a final word. She's going to tell me what it is. Oh yeah, actually this yeah this does sort of fit in. So um, okay. Well, no, you you can say that. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Um, I think God is so good because Rosemary and I have been thinking about all the same stuff. We haven't even talked to James really, and he doesn't even know what's on the board. But it's the same thing. Our sphere of influence, you know. And um, we've put some, most of your names that we know what you do. We've put on this little board under education, under politics, under all these things, and we'd love if you. To, to, for you to add in your names if they're not there under the, you'll see. And let's just all pray for one another about all this, because this panel was so fabulous this morning, the spheres of influence that these people have, and we all have. Mm. So bless you, James. Thanks, Susan. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. And if any of you want, want prayer um, for anything at all this morning, we'd love to, love to be able to stand and, and, and pray for you. Um, Otherwise, it's just, uh, we'll wrap up, we'll go have coffee. And I'm sure that there's things that these guys have said this morning that have sparked thoughts in your mind. So continue the conversations and, and may the Spirit of God be with you.